Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey, good evening, Facebook family. Welcome to another episode of Post Daily Dose. With me, your trusted parenting advisor, faithful guidance servant on the healing journey. What's my name? Big Papa Brian Post. So today is day three in our Foster Parent Awareness uh, series. And tonight's topic is trauma is a sensory experience. But before I go into that, I just want to mention, um, send prayers, thoughts, positive vibes to all the families in Colorado affected by the school shooting. Um, I've been catching a little bit of that on the news. And uh, hey, good evening, Gareth. Glad you made it. Um, that brings me to another point, Gareth saying um, that he's glad he made it in time tonight. Um, you guys, on your Facebook page, and maybe it's on the, the Post Institute Facebook page, up in the corner to the right, there's three little dots. You click on them, you can turn on notifications for Post Institute. So anytime I come on live, you'll get a notification on your phone. And then instead of having to guess, because I know sometimes my times vary when I'm on, you'll get a notification of when I'm on, and then that takes all the guesswork out of it. I've got notifications for all the people I follow that... Um, I enjoy listening to. So maybe that's helpful for some of you. So I was just saying that I good good evening, Kirsten from the Netherlands. I was just saying that um, I've been following these school shootings just a little bit. I, I don't watch a lot of news. So this is one of the things that I find particularly interesting. Everything else today I think that I've heard has been about Donald Trump and his finances and whatever. Um, but this particularly, you know, obviously is a, is a significantly tragic event. Nine students killed. One student trying to protect all the other students was killed. And uh, so there's a lot of media about these two young heroes that, that uh, kind of helped save the day. But there hasn't been a lot yet that's come out about these two, these two individuals. Um, and I feel like time and time again... When these kind of tragedies happen with young people, we're going to end up hearing the same thing. These two people are probably the victims of being bullied. And we have yet to really step up. And I mean, let me tell you, it's kind of like tornadoes in Moore, Oklahoma, which is where I live. So one mile from here is Tornado Alley. Um, just uh, several years ago, there's a really bad tornado that destroyed a school. And... Thank God, I don't think any children were killed, but they didn't have they didn't have tornado shelter for these kids, and so it's like Colorado. I mean, you keep these these terrible tragedies keep happening. What is the plan of action? What is the plan of prevention? Who's going to start listening to these children who are feeling so helpless that they have nowhere to turn? except towards these violent expressions. And that's all it is. You, you've heard me, you guys have heard me talk about before the three emotional pathways, attitudes, feelings, and behaviors. But when a child has no other outlet for expression, they can't express their attitudes, they can't express their feelings, and they come down to the behaviors, there's only two outlets, anger and depression, and it's got to come through behavior. And that is a byproduct of not feeling listened to, not feeling heard. And so... We have to ask ourselves as a nation, not just Colorado, but 
you know, we have Columbine. I think there's just the anniversary of Columbine was just yesterday. You know, in Florida last year, we have, and but then again, I keep getting, you know, notes from parents and questions from parents and comments from parents about their kids getting bullied in school or not feeling safe in school. It's like, what? When are we gonna do something different here instead of continue to allow these situations to unravel into tragedy? And it's just a really sad thing because now you've got you know, a community of children who will be traumatized for a long time. They'll have huge amounts of anxiety um, when it comes to going to school. And I just, I don't, I don't even begin to know how we're wrapping our brain around, hey, Tracy, how we're wrapping our brains around these kinds of tragedies and what we're doing to learn from them. I mean, these are bad things. If you can't learn from something this tragic, Man, you talk about being dense. And I, I'm all for like in the home with parents, you know, messing up with their kids so we can learn from it. But Jesus, we've got to do something different. All kids deserve to feel safe. And even the kids who are doing the bullying, they're doing the bullying because somewhere within them, somewhere within their within their families, within their relationships, they do not feel safe. These children do not feel secure and they are most likely being bullied themselves on some kind of emotional level. There's something missing in these children's lives that lead them to treat other children this way. And we really have to analyze, I mean, just dig deep and understand what is going on. Where are we dropping the ball in this in this situation? So I'm not going to say anything more about that. I may, when I find out a little bit more about what, you know, kind of what's the circumstances with these kids. I did, I heard something about one of them, the 16 year old, but I can't, couldn't confirm it when I looked it up. So I'm not going to say anything about that right now, but I will be back and um, we'll re revisit that a little bit more. So number three, trauma is a sensory experience. And what made me think about this was there's a lot of bad weather going on right now, and they interviewed, the news people interviewed a guy in um, here locally who was in a tornado, one of the more tornadoes, I think a few years ago. It's a grown man, and he said that when it thunders now, he literally goes and gets in the closet, and he was shaking when he was telling it. So that tells me that he's still obviously suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder from this, this event. And I have said, I said years ago that in New Orleans now, in Louisiana, I guarantee you that there something shifts socially, whether it's an increase in crime, it's an increase of, of substance abuse during the rainy season, because people, th those are social, social community traumas that people don't usually have an opportunity to express, process, and understand, and it will track them and follow them, you know, per, perhaps and potentially throughout the rest of their life. Well, much the same is can be said about foster care. Your children's experiences are emotional, they're emotional sensory experiences. So they are experiences connected to what they've seen. They are experiences connected to what they've heard. What, how they've been touched, what they have tasted or have not tasted, temperatures involved in their, in their immediate surroundings, what they have smelled, 
um, the, the movement and the lack of movement, the confinement, you know, whatever that has been, the digestion connected to the foods they've eaten and the foods they've eaten in the relationship to, you know, the lives that they've lived. So the trauma, so the, the, the essence of trauma is that it is a sensory experience. Therefore, it's an emotional experience. So when a trauma occurs, it is the energy of the experience is all the different sensory pathways that bombards the individual. And that's what gets stored in the brainstem, especially when it's preverbal, but not only just when it's preverbal, just like this grown man talking about this tornado he was in. And now when it thunders, see, he hears the thunder. He sees and he sees the sky. He sees it gets dark. He sees it gets dark. And it triggered, it opens up his brainstem, which is connected to those to those memories. Now, obviously, he still has not worked through this. This is a grown man. So imagine for a child who at the very least, and I and I don't say it, I don't say it to discount the experience at all, but at the very least, let's just say they were relinquished up on birth into adoption or into foster care. Um of course, you know, like I said last night, then you still have the whole first nine months of their life, which have an impact. But what I want you to understand is that for the majority of your children, the reason they have such a hard time putting words to their traumas is because they are sensory experiences. They are not just cognitive experiences. It's not like someone read something traumatic to them out of a book. It's These are experiences that they have lived that have impacted their whole bodies, impacted their whole systems. And so it's just so important to remember that 90, 98% of the time, their trauma that they have gone through is unconscious. It is nonverbal. They are not aware of it. They do not have words to put to it. And so it will surface through their behavior and they won't be able to make sense out of it. So if you try to get them to make sense out of it, nine times out of 10, you're just going to be creating more stress and more anxiety by trying to get them to talk about something that they don't really have words. And here's the thing. The behavior is the expression of the trauma. And this is this is this really flies in the face of of mainstream mental health because mainstream mental health as it's related to children's behavior and as it's related to parenting and as it is oftentimes related to psychology is so oriented towards trying to reduce suppress or control a child's behaviors that we fail to recognize that the behavior is the expression of the trauma so our attempts to suppress, our attempts to control, our attempts to to um, um, make go away, you know, to to um, deny, to to shift, all of those things that we're doing is working against the trauma experience. It is not until you have the ability to slow down and be present and show up in the presence of that behavior that then you have an opportunity in that moment, in that energy exchange, that vibration exchange with that child to create a new experience for their brain to store in the presence of that trauma experience. Your ability to slow down, your ability to breathe and not get overwhelmed. And I'm talking about 
us as parents, your, our ability to breathe and not get overwhelmed in the presence of that intense vibration coming, arising from that child's trauma experience, our ability to stay present in the face of that is what allows us to create a different vibration, a different imprint when the trauma's showing up. Because see, when the trauma's showing up, it then creates an expectation. It creates an expectation. Yes, you're right, Teresa. Control does not bring about healing, change. It When the trauma is showing up, it creates an expectation for trauma. So when the trauma is showing up, the expectation for the, for the individual who is living the traumatic experience is that the bad thing is going to happen again. See, there's, there's no framework. Remember, stress causes confusion, distorted thinking, suppresses a short-term memory. So there's no framework for anything safe. There's no framework for anything logical, anything rational. My home does not matter anymore. My office does not matter anymore. My mother does not matter anymore. My best friend does not matter anymore in, anymore in the face of the trauma, in the face of the stress, because what is anticipated is a re-experiencing of the event. You are reliving the event. So there is no there is no cognitive rational framework that exists in that moment. So when we, as the parents, are encountering our children's behavior, which is the manifestation of their trauma, and we approach that in a negative way, in a controlling way, in a fearful way, in a stressful way, then what we actually are doing on the same continuum is reinforcing the trauma. This is why children don't get better. They only grow older. See, this is why children stay stuck for years and years and years and years because so oftentimes what we are doing in the face of their trauma-manifested behaviors is reinforcing them unconsciously. We're not doing this intentionally. We're doing it unconsciously because we get scared and stressed. And when you get scared and stressed, you send a, a contrary a contrary and similar negative and fearful vibration back to a negative to a to a fearful a fearfully and negatively vibrating trauma brain so the trauma brain gets fed from our stress brain even if you're not dropping into your trauma you're still dropping into a level of stress that's reinforcing your child's trauma brain so remember being triggered in your trauma, your child being triggered in their trauma can occur through any of their sensory pathways. And when it does, they will not be able to make sense of it. Oftentimes, the single best thing you can do is stop talking to them. Stop using your words. Now, we say it back and forth to adults all the time. Don't tell me to calm down because it's the last thing I'm going to do is calm down when you're telling me to calm down. Right. But we're all the time trying to tell our children to calm down when, in fact, the first thing we've got to do is just take a deep breath and slow ourselves down. Focus on calming yourself down, getting quiet and watching, observing. Say to your child, I hear you. I see you. I don't know what you're trying to tell me right now. But I, can, I know you're trying to tell me something. You, you feel really stressed out and I'm feeling really stressed out. But that's, that's all. All I'm doing is reflecting. I'm reflecting to them that I'm, I'm connected with where they're connected. So I'm being present. So that's it. Number three, trauma is a sensory experience. It is not 
an experience that makes sense. And I'm tapping my left hemisphere, my emotional brain, my rational brain. So remember, in any given situation, we always have two choices. We can continue to react. Listen to these words. We can continue to react from our same old imprints and blueprints of stress and fear and overwhelm. And some of these, some of these blueprints, you know, the blueprints come from birth, the imprints and beyond birth and beyond the imprints come from this life we live. We can continue to react from those blueprints and imprints and operate out of fear, or we can stop and we can slow down. We can take three to 10 deep breaths or more. And we can choose love. God bless you. Big Papa loves you. I hope you have a fantastic evening. I hope this has been helpful and beneficial for you. And again, we send our prayers and our thoughts and our positive vibrations out to everyone in Colorado and everyone in the United States and in the world. I'm on the road tomorrow. I'm heading to Indianapolis and then I will be driving to Anderson, Indiana. So I will for sure be seeing you guys back here tomorrow evening. Probably going to have my uh, two of my favorite people, maybe even three of my favorite people on here with me tomorrow evening to talk about foster care. All right. See you guys soon.